Or CFT all over the world. We'll play a tape from Apostle so that my voice can percolate every member of this house. And the reason for Division Sunday, which I, uh, from this month of September 2015, we will begin to go.
We'll begin to go um we'll begin to go deeper into into our vision. The reason for Apostle Sunday is everyone that is called in CFT needs to know what how this church began, what is this church for, what is our vision, where are we going, why am I here really? So that you can know therefore what is expected of you. The first thing I want to tell you is that Christ with Tabernacle did not come to be because some people felt disgruntled by what is happening in the church so they broke away. It is possible for churches to emerge like that. Alright? But this is not so with Christ with Tabernacle. Christ with Tabernacle did not come by virtue of Apostle Williams appointed to be a leader in the church and um, he felt that he could do better than his senior. Let me go out and start my own thing. He did not come like that. Christ with Tabernacle came by virtue of the fact that Jesus appeared to me in 1984 February. I was a Lance of your mapping scientist and I have a desperate intention to break the world record in the field of satellite geodesy and remote sensing. My intention was to be the first African who will have companies in every country in Europe surveying and civil engineering companies. Because I was working with um, a company called George Wimpey from England. I started my career in 75 with Federal Surveys in Nigeria. Then ended up in George Wimpey in the construction, road design and stuff like that. And I have serious passion on this. But I came into England because I wanted to pursue my course to PhD level and then start the company here. Not knowing that God was telling me something different. But the way my intellect interpreted it was different. So, eventually, in 1984 February, I had an encounter after three days of fasting and prayer. And Jesus walked into the room I was in Lagos. And he told me, go back to London and start the work. Now, if you look at the book, my book that I wrote on my encounter with Jesus Christ, you'll find it there. Details of your magazine. But I haven't answered the call. The Lord led me to a Baptist church where I served for many years. And when my days are over in the Baptist church, the Baptist church asked me to leave. The details of that you find in the book. But what I'm interested in in today's meeting is how we march therefore. This just started in 19. 89, after a crusade that um, I did in Nigeria and then came back to England. And the Lord led us, gave me an, an open vision, told me that this church shall be called Christ Faith Tabernacle. And Christ Faith Tabernacle began in my house then at Ludwig Mills with a gathering of about 33 people. But one of the days that was September, Nine, uh, 89. But in February, the last Wednesday of February 1990, we were in a meeting with the whole members. 
And I saw an open vision where the Lord said, Look at this building. This is where you will serve me by this Sunday at 2 p.m. And I saw the streets. It was New Cross. And I saw the building. It was All Saints Church. So I announced to the members that this is what the Lord has said. Next week, meet me in, I mean, this Sunday, rather. This is Wednesday. But Sunday, do you know this building? Some knew it, some don't. Those who didn't know it, sought knowledge from those who know it. And God said we should meet him there at 2 p.m. Now to tell a member or to tell members that meet me on this Sunday in a building that you don't have, you don't even know yourself, is strange. And so the second day I went to look for the street, I found it and I found the building. And when I found the building, I went to the vicar, Reverend Owen, told him my vision. And Reverend Owen said to me that, I don't understand what you are saying, but I believe God spoke to you. There is a High Anglican mass, like Roman Catholic Anglican. So, and he said to me that procedure of our church is that we have board meeting to discuss matters like this. It must go for approval before we can give it. He said, and we just had a board meeting for this month. So if we have to deal with you by board, it will take you about three months before we can say yes. But the law told you that you should tell your members to meet you there. And you have told them to meet you on Sunday, he said, because of that, let us go. And he took me to the church, and he said to me, when you come in, this is where you sit, this is our altar, and told me about the adoption and stuff like that. I said, this is the place you can keep your equipment. And that was how the church was handed over on Thursday. It is quite strange, and really, especially in England, for such a thing to happen. And he said to me, I will override our procedure, and I will tell the board members I have given it to you. Now, the board members came in on Sunday to find a bunch of people who they didn't know coming into their building. And we gathered there on that Sunday, and this is how Christ's faith tabernacle started. Every place I have been on earth to work as a minister, I saw their building in an open vision while I was praying without knowing where they are and who they are, even the Baptist church. And from that time till today, most of operations of this house is based on open vision from the Lord. And this is the reason why our mission trip that we have gone, a good number of you have been with me on mission trip, there is no such a thing as failure when God sends us out. There is no such a thing as near miss when God sends us out. Because when the Lord by the Holy Spirit appear, uh, reveal an open vision to a man, according to the pattern of the Bible, where you go, you get success. What God wants you to do, you do. And nobody can destroy, overpower, or do anything. Because you have a mandate of heaven. Therefore, in just five minutes I've spoken to you now. This is a summary of this house. I believe completely that the church of God must be as it is written in the book of Acts. If the church does not follow the pattern of the book of Acts, I will doubt on what premise is such built and what is the credibility of such movement. And this is the reason why in Christ the Tabernacle, till today, I believe very much, therefore, that the way God operates 
is that God sent Jesus, and Jesus began to call the disciples together, and then the disciples grew. And then when Jesus was going, towards the time he was finishing his duty on earth, Jesus having taught the disciples severally. He said to the disciples, John chapter 14 verse 12, it says, if you have faith in me, you will do the things I've been doing, and greater works shall you do, because I go to my Father. So, in this house, we believe that everybody who Jesus brings to himself in this house, the Lord did not bring you here to be sitting down on the pews of, of the church. The Lord brought you here because he wants to use you. Once you are born again, the next thing, according to the book of Matthew 28, verse 18, where Jesus said, All powers in heaven and earth are given unto me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I have taught you. And he says, And lo, I am with you always to the very end of age. So therefore we see the pattern that Jesus set for church. When you get converted, the next thing is that you must be trained. You must be taught about Jesus. You must be taught to become like Jesus. So that you, on a daily basis, you can grow in God. And you can manifest Christ as you grow older. Do you know something, therefore? We believe that you are important. If you look at the way I operate in this house, you will recognize that I try to simulate Jesus Christ as much as I can. That is what, what instructs my conduct with you, my relationship with you, my service to humanity. I always ask myself in every situation, if Jesus was the one, how will he react? How would Jesus have related? So, we are a family. Completely we are a family. And I believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself. Because God... If you don't understand me, believe what I tell you. Because I told you that in the month of September, I will be teaching you about prophecies, about the end of time, and begin to show you both graphically from the news and from intellectual reasoning, those things that have happened. But let me start from this. God told us in this house, that within this season, from 2010 to this year, this is from 2000, God spoke to us, 
that the occurrences of the world will confuse the government of the world. Yes? Come on now, let's speak together. Now let me tell you this. We have been seeing war. All the nations that have been fighting Israel are at war with one another. They were at war, you know, sectarian wars before. But today, all those nations who face Israel are now fighting themselves. Okay? And I will show you along this month that in prophetic. So, Israel is enjoying a moment of some reasonable peace because their enemies are. But in a short time, Israel will start the war. What you may be shocked about is one day when you read on the news that Israel bombed Iran. Okay? And that will bring a prophetic of the end time, one of the prophetic of the end time to erupt. Mark that. Second thing, do you know that God said that our governments will say we can't handle these things? Look at the refugee issue. Can you explain to me from intellectual reasoning the reason why or the validity of these refugees or refugees? Europe is a secure country, fortified. But now, people are coming from those countries that they are trying to hinder from entering. By virtue of the circumstance created by them. Let me say this. Cast your bread into the water. It will come back to you. Now, our government have high intelligence. Alright? But their intelligence has failed because already their enemies have entered into their countries all over the place. Among the people who are migrating to England now, who have good faith. Okay? Beneath it are people who will destabilize Europe coming in in pretense. Let me say what I'm telling you is not, is not hidden from our government. Our government know this. They know it. All European government know this. The reason why they have been hesitant and trying all manners of things is because how can we see these people so that those who are the bad eggs, we can identify them so that we can help those who are really genuine. But the word of God cannot be broken. God has said that their intelligence will fail them. He will cause situations that the intelligence will fail them. Okay? Now they have entered. And they are entering. They may weep at the door. But when they are fortified, you and I will live to see it. There's going to be a shaking of the kingdom of Europe. A shaking of the kingdom of America. There is confusion such that had never been written since creation. Today, we sit in England comfortable, but we are sitting on time bomb in Europe. You know, somebody said during the week that, look, if these people are allowed, we should allow the refugees to come in. Yes, everybody wants it. If these people are allowed, and someone said in a short time, refugees will, be, will outnumber citizens of Europe because Europeans don't give birth to many children. One child, two children, finish. But these guys are giving birth to 11 children, a woman. A woman gives birth to 11 children. And it is cultural to give birth to so many children. And that person was saying on BBC that, if we allow these people to come in, it's a matter of time. They will outnumber us. And you know our, our government is built on democracy. Majority carries what? The votes. 
Now, looking at this, which is a big predicament for them, which their structure has set up, now they are being invaded from outside. All over, the whole world is coming in here. How would they handle it? Of course, we have to allow them to come. Then, of course, in a the time, they will have many children. If Jesus doesn't come in five, ten years' time, you will be shocked that the foreigners in this country will have number citizens. And then in the next 15 to 20 years, those children that they are giving birth to will be able to vote. And either you or, you or I like it, then the foreigners will take over. Listen to me. That is a headache for the parliament to handle. Will they be able to handle it? No, sir. Why? Because God said they will be confused. If you look at the scale of tragedies that is happening, earthquakes and, and you know, you know, weather, you know, pattern changes. Really, I even read in a, in, a, in, a, in a publication recently that the axis of the earth have changed. Those of us who are Lance of Yorks understand what I'm saying, talking about, by 15 degrees. But then because the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that the Lord will shake the earth and the axis of the earth shall change, shift. Isaiah said it. Since Isaiah said it, it has happened. That is what is given back to sporadic weather. And also changing of time zone and operations and stuff like that. I say that to you very briefly because if Jesus comes tonight, what can you say you have done? What about if it comes next week? What about if it comes in two weeks' time? What about if it comes in 10 years' time? What about if Jesus comes in 15 years' time? Now, this is the reason why, for me, I will never go to a church where the leader does not show me God. I will never sit under any man, no matter how famous the man is, who himself cannot give account of the God he's telling me about. And I will never sit under any man who is a local champion. I would rather sit under a man who will show me God so that I can connect God directly and develop God inside me. And that is what this church is for. I am not happy if you sit on the pews of the church every day and you don't do what the Bible says. I am happy with the people who have independent conviction in their spirit about the Jesus Christ that died for them. A people who appreciate the cross. A people who, who follow Jesus as Jesus followed God. That is the reason why if Jesus appeared to me today, I tell you. The things I do for all the encounters I have, I told you. My life, you know. My act, you know. My practice, you know. My mind, you know. For the past three months, I've been teaching you about mindset. Yes? Come on now, George. Ah, ha, 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 ha. You know the song we are singing, we sang, you were singing when I came in. With Jesus I can make it. With him I know I can No matter what make up my way. My life. How many of you sang it? Raise your hand up. Listen to me what you have said. Is your life really in his hand? Are you not the one directing your life? If that be you, 
Those people who have given their life to the hands of Jesus do what the Bible says. Full stop. What is your decision about marriage? What does the Bible say? What is your decision about courtship? What does the Bible say? What is your decision about social integration? What does the Bible say? What's your decision about, you know, your normal life? What the Bible says. Now, if your heart is not like that, your hand is not in his hand. Your life is not in his hand. To say that my life is in the hands of Jesus means, whatever Jesus say, I am bound to what? Come on, say church now. I am bound to what? I can't hear you well. Somebody say do it. Say, 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 do it again. Say, do it one more time. Let me tell you some things Jesus said. Or the Bible says about him. How many of you are married here? Raise your hands. What is the law of marriage? What God? Ah. Um, can I call the committee of this church that when we are coming, you, you people in cathedral, you have a big um, space there. Put some table there with drums of coffee. When I'm teaching people, if I ask them questions, they answer me. I will say coffee break. We'll all go and take coffee. And I'll make sure they give you strong coffee without milk. Amen. So that you come back when I ask questions. Hey, everybody will, will become um, hyperactive. Eh? What God has done together? Say one more time. Say one more time. Let no man put. On the 9th of October, I will be joining some two people together. Yes. Tenth. Saturday tenth. Is it tenth Saturday? Do you know that because that is what God says, God is, Jesus is saying that when, I, when you are joined together, men will try to put us under. Because there is no reason for Jesus to warn men not to put us under if men will not attempt to do so. Are you with me now? Malachi chapter 3 verse 16. It says, I hate divorce, says the Lord, and I hate a man who covers himself with violence. Hello? So if a person says, my life is in his hand, and you are violent in your marriage, whose hand did you put that life? Satan's hand. What about if someone says that I hate you and walking away from this marriage? Who's, who is the one that you are hearing his voice? The voice of the devil. Come on now. Jesus says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of my Father, but those who do the will of my Father. What you don't expect from Apostle Williams, and you'll be celebrating it, God does not expect from you. A man going to heaven does not incubate over other people's wives to commit adultery. Once you have picked yours, finish. Whatever he or she becomes, you die there. It's a death warrant. Marriage. Is it not so? For better, for...
or reach out for whether in sickness or I will uh, till death do us till death do us I'm not hearing you till death do us that is death warrant What is this man saying? It may not be popular now, but those who want to go to heaven must listen to me. My eyes have seen Jesus more than 14 times. I have been to heaven more than 14 times. I'm a true witness. There is a way that seems right to man. The end is this way. So what this house is about is to help you know the information of the scriptures. So that when Jesus comes, you will not say, oh, I need more time. Salvation, when you accept Jesus, you are saved. But when you are saved, you are saved to walk. So that you also can do some work. And which will determine your eternity. Therefore, this house, from what God has sent us, I summarize our vision into a mission statement. And that mission statement is first John three sixteen. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Seventeen it says, For God did not send his son to the world that he may condemn the world that but the world may be saved through him. The next verse says, But see, if you reject him, you stand condemned. Now if you look at the essence of God's you know Mercy to man is love. God loved the world. So he gave. Therefore in this house we believe. That we must build. A church of love. Okay. And the only way to display love for God. Is given to God. The only way to display love to man. Is given to man. If God loved us. And he gave to us, then we also must demonstrate our love by giving to one another. I don't want to make you feel sad. Okay? Except if it is correction in godliness that will bring you some sadness of repentance. I will together now. I don't want to hurt my wife because God gave me his son, to die for me. I don't want to hurt my sister in the church. I don't want to hurt my friends in the church. Because God gave his son that I believe in. So, I also must give what I receive from God to you. Therefore, also, for us to be able to translate this love of God, Throughout last week, I taught you about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some people got baptized in the Holy Ghost and gifts were given all over the whole place. Somebody will be sharing a dream she had with you when I finish just a few minutes. Let me say therefore. So if God gave this man the gift of prophet, and this man an apostle, and this man a pastor, and this man a teacher. Anytime he uses that gift to bless you, he has no right to charge you for it. Now, 
the manifestation of grace of God upon me. You all of you know in this church, and those of you who probably watch me on television across the globe. Have you ever seen Apostle Williams ask for a seed for healing? Have you ever had me ask you for any seed for anything? Ah. If you don't answer me, I will preach for two hours. Eh? You had me sell my books to you before. I said, this book, this one is the one that will turn your life into thunderbolts. You must get it. You must get it. You must get it. So a seed of this man. Have you heard me say that before? Any material of this church, my tapes, have you heard me speak about my tapes and advertise it for money? It is my intellectual creation by law. Okay? But I don't do that. Because if Jesus was doing that, he wouldn't go to cross. There is no love in taking from people. Love is giving to people. Look, this is why I don't do that. I saw, I will always ask myself, will Jesus do that? If God gave his son for us, and he only gave me a little gift to teach you about him, why should I make money off you? Because I'm using one little fragment gift. Or he gave me a gift that you get healed. Or through word of knowledge, lives are transformed. Now, if Jesus was your pastor, would he have done that? Because he now prayed and the issue of blood dried up, then he used the issue of blood dry up to raise funds. Will he do that? Come on, church. If you know that kind of Jesus, it's not the Jesus that died for me. How many of you know the kind of Jesus that will raise funds from the story of the issue of blood? None of you. So when he raised Lazarus, he went all over Samaria saying, Come here, you Samaritans. Dead, composed, decomposed dead for four days have been healed by the anointing. And then begin to distribute envelope and collect money from you. Did you see that kind of Jesus? Come on now, talk to me. So, the Jesus I hand over to you is the one I follow. When you come to my position, you do what I do. Listen to me. Demonstrate God's love. The power of God through the love of God. So any power God has given to you, don't charge anyone for it. Any power God manifests through you, demonstrate it with a heart of love. Don't discriminate among people when you dispense the gift of God. Don't have people you will use the gift for and people you will not use the gift for. Use it over the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because God loves the good, the bad, and the ugly. Why should I teach you this? Let me tell you something about Apostle Alfred Williams. I may be cut off from the earth any day. I told you in this church, the greatest day I'm waiting for is the day of my death. Which if God will answer my personal uh, prayer, it may be selfish. I want to go quick before rapture. But I want to finish my work and stand before you and tell you I have run the race. I have fought a good fight. 
and I've finished my race. Awaiting me in the crown of glory, which no man can touch. My wife knows this. My children know it. I don't love to stay here. I have seen heaven several times. This place is bad and terrible. Who among you can satisfy all man in this place? No matter how good a man is, some people will criticize him. I hate the place called the world. And that is the reason why whenever I have an opportunity to share the word of God with you, I don't spear any man the truth. It may be my last truth before I go. But it is not possible for me to be killed by mortal man until I finish my work. I'm not among those to be killed. If I could be killed, they would have killed me in a Jebu crusade. If I could be killed, I would have been killed by armed robbers along those routes. The very routes where armed robbers kill everybody in Nigeria. I travel it in, it by, by midnight, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I'm going to my house. And I finish my crusade. Everybody with me on my team in crusade, we will leave. We went to do crusade in Nagoya. When I finished Nagoya, they were telling me that I can't go. Because it was 12 midnight. I said, I'm going. And in Sagamu, I called Sagamu. I said, I'm going to Lagos. Ah, Prince, who came here two weeks ago, said, Apostle, you will pass Sagamu. You must branch in my house. Then we, we left. I got away at about 11. When we looked forward, a mighty storm and rain. I tell my people, it will, it will, we will not see it. When we drive to the place, the rain is stopped. We got to Sagamu about quarter to twelve midnight, thinking we would just go in and pray with Prince, uh, Prince and go. But Prince has set a table for dinner. He said, I will not receive men of God in my house without feeding them. What is he looking for? He's looking for a word from God. And I understood. So we sat at till 1 a.m. I asked him, what are you looking for, Prince? Come. We sat down and he told me. And God spoke to me about it. And I told him full instruction of God about it. We left Sagamu at about quarter to two, to two. Heading for Lagos. Those of you who know that area. People are saying, ah, it's a dangerous area. Every area under heaven is dangerous. It is only those that God keep. That are saved from death. The Bible says, fear not the man who can kill the body. Fear the one who can kill the soul, this body, and cast the soul to hell. I withdraw. My members who are following me were not afraid. Because there is no fear in their leader. If the arm robber kills some people, it's not in me. If arm robber stop me, I will calm down and I will let him know the good news. And I will tell him, shoot your gun. This is somebody who is ready to go if you can kill. That is what led me to Jamaica to confront the Yadis of Jamaica with their AK-47. Listen to me. But before my days are over, you will hear the truth. And the truth that you will hear will set you free. Somebody say amen. amen. That's the reason why the words I speak to you, you must not waste it. When I'm gone, you will only have a testimony about me, the man who showed me Jesus. And I love it. You follow what I teach you, you will go to where I'm going. Listen to me. 
Nobody under heaven today can say because some people are fraudulent in the church because of that I won't serve God. Because God will show you those who are not. People are used to talking about people who have messed up with God all over the whole world. Stop that. Talk about people that have been to heaven. Talk about people who God used in mighty signs and wonders. Talk about people who have preached the truth to you. And follow their footsteps. How many married men is here? Stand up. If you have been married, stand up. Sorry, Captain, I have to worry you. How many of us, our wife never offended us? Sit down. Since you are married, your wife never said anything that you didn't like. All right, all of us can sit down now. <laughs> so all of us who are married, at one time or the other, our wife has said something we just didn't like. But the fact is that the marriage what continues. Because we also say things they don't like sometimes. Is there any woman here, everything your husband said, you loved it? Then you will have become the Haitian, Haitian zombie. Or what they call in Nigeria, Emily. Emily, stand up. What are you doing? I have up. <laughs> sit down. You sit down. What are you doing, Emily? I sitting down. May God not make us Emily. Now let me say to you, therefore, God has given us intellect. God has given us diversities. Really many husbands and wives are opposite. That is what makes the marriage good. So that if one is going too far, the other one will drag him to center. Hallelujah. And yet we stick our head into it. And yet we are still carrying on in it. And yet we will die in it. That is the word of the Lord. What about if you were abandoned by your partner? First Corinthians tells me you are free. As long as you are not the one who left. A Christian must remain and keep crying to God in whatever he goes through. But if that person leaves, that Christian is not under bond of marriage. First Corinthians 7. So therefore, go to my my PowerPoint. Demonstrating God's power through love and building overcomers for tomorrow. Do you know something? I haven't said that. Let me just take you through. Building overcomers for tomorrow.
it talks about to he who overcome I will give rights to the tree of life which is in paradise of God verse 2 chapter 2 verse 7 of revelations in chapter 2 verse 11 it says he who has ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches he who overcomes will not be hurt in the second death Verse 17 says, He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church, churches. To so he who overcome, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him wise stone. With a, a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. Let me say this to you. One day the Lord took me to heaven. And the book of my life was brought before me. And when the Lord brought the book of my life, the cherub that appeared to me, who presented the book, when he stroked his hand, the book appeared. And I saw my name in the handwriting of God. Very long. But it's one name. And the way it's written is like hieroglyphics writing, but not in English. So I couldn't read it. The book of my life. The Bible says, the Lord will give you and I a new name. You must make heaven. <laughs> For us to achieve this, we have designed a structure. For this op- house to operate. The structure that I've designed is a structure that can be used for a local church. Yes, come over and take it. It can be used for a local church. It is there, you know where to press the button. It can be used for a local church. It can be used for a national church. And it can be used for the global operation. This church will send missionaries out to every country in the globe. We are in seven countries right now. We have churches, branches in seven countries. But also we have affiliate churches that are under my bishopry in several countries, more than seven. Those who are under my bishopry across the globe run to about a thousand in various countries. But it's good for you and I, essential for you especially to understand the structure that we adopted. So, in that structure... In that structure, you know, we, I took the whole membership and I divided you into various organisms. And those organisms connect together so that from membership you can grow to ministership. And those of you that are called by God at the time now can manifest the grace. And when we see the grace upon you, such people will ordain into the five-fold ministry. The ministry of pastor, apostle, prophet, and, um, and teacher, and evangelist. In this church, we do not use the word minister this or minister that to people because there is nowhere in the Bible that call anybody minister something. 
It's either you are called into the fivefold, okay, and you are ordained into it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Or you are called into, or we appoint you into the office of deacon, the diaconate, and stuff like that. But the intention of this is this. When you come into the church as when you come into the church as a member of the church, we expect you that haven't been in church for a while, after a short period, you are able to take more responsibility in church. And this is on this premise, our church is built. But um, I will read to you the basis of, you know, our church structure. It's from the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 28. You can open your Bibles to that if, before they put it on board. It says, in the, Jesus says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and count the cost? We believe that we must sit down and do a proper evaluation of anything we decide to do in this house. We just don't jump into doing things. I don't want churches of, uh, the church of safety to spread like popcorn. I don't believe in it. Because Jesus never did that. I believe in home groups to spread all over the place. But I do not believe in making people who are home group leaders pastors. Because to be a pastor, you must be called. And if you are not called, you will mislead people. And if you mislead people, you will not make heaven. Because Jesus said it's better to tie a stone on the neck of someone and drown him than for him to mislead the young ones. So, we believe very much that we must, we must be called. The next slide I will have shown you is what I call um, the six keys to church growth. Six keys to church growth. And the six keys to church growth is from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10 to 11. And it says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. Verse 11, for no one can lay any other foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And in this scripture, I got six major things that the Bible is speaking about. The first thing is that it says, by the grace of God given me, I lay a foundation. The foundation of the church, Christ with Tabernacle, has been laid. Who is the one who laid it? I, as the Lord revealed to me. But what is the foundation? Jesus. Jesus. The reason why this church cannot go into error is because the Lord told me that this church should build on the foundation called Jesus. In other words, if we read the Old Testament, any Old Testament, for you to understand it, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 
from verse 17 to 18, you must turn to Jesus to understand it. Do you get me now? If you read the Old Testament in isolation, that is where all errors come from. That is present in the church. All these errors about seed, about, um, you know, um, you know, all these offerings they take and stuff like that. Miners of diverse of things came out like redemption of firstborn offering and all stuff. It came by the error of Old Testament because those who read and taught them did not check Christ and the New Testament in their teaching. So anything we teach in this house must be based on Jesus Christ. If that be the case, therefore, the second thing I saw there is you, the builder. Foundation is Jesus. You can't alter it. You are the builder. It says, I lay foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building. That someone else embraces all of us. So in this church, Anybody who joins this church, from the day you join this church, we believe that you have a grace by God, which we have to develop so that you can become part of the builders. I we together now. But then those who build, who are builders, what is the instruction? Be careful what you build. Be careful what you build. In civil engineering works, I was involved in supervising skyscrapers for you know projects, from from little projects of ordinary houses to skyscrapers. There is something when we are building skyscraper we call swing. Now, when you begin to build a skyscraper, you set the foundation. It could be pile, of course, most times. You see the center. Of the columns that we set, we check the precision to micromillimeter. If the center of the column deviates by two millimeters, when you continue to build your verticality, your building begins to swing towards the shift. At first floor, it will not be too noticeable. Second floor, it will not be too noticeable. Get to the third floor, fourth floor, fifth floor, sixth floor, then you begin to see the shift. Now, the issue is that two things can happen. You may now fortify, because the cost of breaking down will be too enormous. You may now fortify to do what we call a, you know, a correction, a mathematical correction to bring back the division, that is to, to mitigate the division, but you will not be able to bring the building back to its cause. Because if it continues to deviate, it can fall off by center of gravity. Or the owner of the other land, if you have entered this land, he will let you build everything and he will say that, I want my land. So what happened in the case of such is that you will pay that person forever. Now, if you are building... If you don't look to foundation, you will deviate. You must not do that. A lot in the Pentecostal church have deviated. Now go to that very clip for me. That is number three. One, two, three, four. Fourth one.
tell you the truth. No, they don't tell all truth. I have been in counseling for marriages more than 30 years. It's not that they deliberately don't tell you the truth. It's because everybody wants to talk to be justified. Not that they want to. So most of them, not that they want to deliberately lie. But because they are trying to justify themselves, then they will lie. That is, that is a, an imposed uh, action of lie. But whatever the case may be, <laughs> you will hear the husband and you will say, I'm going to finish this woman. And when the woman come and tell you, say, oh my God, what kind of man is this man? Isn't it? Now, you and I will be just if we listen to a husband with a plain heart. And listen to a wife with a plain heart. Judging both of them by the word of God. Are we together? So that your counsel you give to each is something that will help each one to improve their own life. We are not a judge to condemn the husband for the wife or the wife for the husband. And the only way that can be achieved is by Christ. Looking at the scriptures as a builder. Then the third thing is that we must raise leaders. We must raise leaders in this house. If you look at our doctrine, this is the only church on earth. I know that anybody can climb the pulpit. Isn't it? Come on now, if you know a place that they do that, tell me. You know, suddenly you may come to church and a pastor comes to you and says that, please, can you go and lead prayer today? And you will climb that pulpit to lead prayer. Here. I come in, I open the scriptures, I say, okay, I want six people to read these scriptures today. Sister, come and read this scripture. Brother, you come and read this scripture. And you go and read it. Why am I doing that to you? We are to raise leaders. But to raise leaders. In getting you into that office to do those jobs, little do you know that you are developing your leadership skill. And most of our youth who go to university, when it comes to presentation, their lecturers always make comments like, I mean, you, you are bold. When others are shaking to present, members of CFT University, they just come. Because in church, they discuss with larger number of people, so they don't have this panic attack and this whatever you call it, they have been trained from their infants to face the crowd, to express what their convictions are by the altar. Now, the reason why I'm saying that you should be involved in everything or something in the church is because I know you are leaders for tomorrow. And we have to raise leaders in this house. Okay? And the second and last one is oversight. This church, as we build and we design our structure, we have oversights. So that what the downline is doing is being overseen by a subline and then to the top. Nothing happened in any branch of CFT without my knowledge. Because we have reporting system by all ministers. Okay? On a monthly basis. And if that's an issue, we know it. And we send those who are assigned to go and resolve it. You must... Oversee whatever you do. A proper oversight. And the last one is building church around Jesus, which I have told you. Now, the next slide, it will be the second secret. A praying church is a powerful church. A word church is a strong church. A family caring church is a growing church. Say after me, a prayerful church is a powerful church. Tell your neighbor, a prayerful church is a powerful church. A what church is a strong church. 
A family caring church is a growing church. In this house, therefore, this is what we believe our premises. I teach you to pray. You ask me, where do you get your power from? Prayer! <laughs> where do you get your boldness from apostle? Prayer! Everything that we are is manufactured on our knees before the Lord. So, for you to be able to operate the same thing, I taught you about the hours of prayer, isn't it? Every 9 a.m., 12, and 3 p.m. Then I taught you about the watches. 6 to 12 is the first watch. 12 to 3 a.m. is second watch. Hebrew watch I'm talking about. And 3 a.m., at 3 a.m. to 6 is the fourth watch. You have 6 to 9, 9 to 12, 12 to 3, 3 to 6. And if you look at the book of Matthew chapter 14, you will see there, Jesus prayed all until the third watch, and he came out of it and he walked on the sea as on ground. If you look at Acts chapter 2, it tells you at 9 a.m., which is the third watch, the Spirit of God came down in the Holy Ghost. If you look at also Matthew 24, it talks about Jesus was on the cross from the sixth watch to the ninth watch, 12 to three, to, to three. And there was darkness all over the whole land. In the book of Acts chapter 12, it tells you that the centurion was praying at 3 p.m., which is the ninth watch, and an angel appeared to him, brought the light. If you read that chapter 4, around verse 40, 42, it talks about Peter went in, 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 you know, on his knees to pray in Joppa at 12 noon, 6 watch, and he fell into a trance about what happened the previous day in Cornelius' house. Now, if you look at chapter, chapter 3, it talks about Peter and John went to the prayer to pray at the third watch where they healed the man in the beautiful gate. So those who follow Jesus Christ observe prayer at 9 a.m., Prayer at 12 and noon and prayer at 3 noon. Do it too. I told you. Another thing we have done here was that we have um, set up prayer for every member. Every member has one week assigned to him to just pray, join others to pray for all of, all of us. And it is your turn once in a month. How do you know your turn? The week you are free, just come. How long do we do the prayer? Just one hour. From when? In cathedral? Eight to nine. So that nobody can say that uh, my work didn't allow me. If you are doing night, night shift, at least they will give you shift, isn't it? Permanent night, it is not good. May God not permanent you in the night job. Hallelujah, somebody. It is an easy way to destroy family. Because husband and wife, the Bible command you to sleep together and warm one another. Yes? So when husband is sleeping at home and the wife is somewhere in the night, a wife is sleeping at home, the husband is somewhere in the night, somebody is sleeping between. Before you wake up, things have gone bizarre. If you do night, night work, it should be a shift. Even doctors said it's not good for your brain. Hallelujah, somebody. It's not good for your spirit, it's not good for your brain. If you do night work, it should be that you do night work, then they give you off or you do shift. But permanent night is a disease. Are we together now? Therefore, what I'm saying to you, you must pray 
and we have opportunity for you to pray here at your convenience. We have Shiloh Pillars every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And some members come to do that. They will gather, they will pray, they will study the Bible. And they have been reading Bible from the book of Genesis, chapter by chapter. Now I was told they are in the book of Ruth. Is that Shiloh Pillars? Where are you in, in Numbers? You are in Numbers. New Cross have gone to the book of Ruth. So in this church, of course, so every Friday we have Friday prayer meeting and some people gather every Friday after that for a night vigil. Now, you won't go to a church like that and go to Jesus in heaven and say that uh, I will have prayed, but they don't pray in my church. He will just play you the video of your church. In this house, I made it very easy for you to determine when you can go and pray with others. And the same thing is the word of God. Every Tuesday here, you gather to study the Bible chapter by chapter. Book by book, chapter by chapter. If you don't have the word of God, you are not strong. All the Christians who are saying, something is chasing me on the dream. Something is appearing to me. How can something be chasing a Christian on the dream? Who is that thing that is chasing you? If you don't have the word of God in you, your prosperity is limited. I Joshua 1.8. This book of the Lord must not depart from your mouth. If you don't read it, it will not be in your mouth. What makes man prosperous is the book of the Lord, the word of God. Not the one you read, but the one you read and you meditate and you execute. I we together now. So these are the three things I've given you. Family caring church. In this church, I taught you when we close service, don't gang up with the people you used to know. Look for somebody you haven't said hello to. Say hello to them. And when you come to church and you close, don't run out. It's not running and run out. Stay after the service, say hello to somebody, get yourself involved with everything. If someone doesn't greet you, call him and say that I'm greeting you. And let everybody hear you say it. So that everybody will know, oh, he's greeting you now. <laughs> say, yes, say I, I haven't spoken with you for some time. Let, you know, I just want to have a chat, how are you and stuff and this and this and let him introduce himself. Now, a church that is not family oriented is a failed church. Look, in this church, I do not treat my children different to you. When I teach you, that's when they hear the word. Because you know I'm so busy. I don't treat my leaders different to you. What I should teach my leaders, I teach the whole church. My leaders have to catch up and use their own leadership ability to, to write something more than the church will write. The reason is because we're a family. And the older you are in this church, the less I'm concerned about you. Because, you know, parents don't, don't worry about old boys. Because I have new people who are just coming, I should spend my life to help them too, like I helped you to reach where you are. And if I do that to you, I expect to do it to other members too. This is a family church. If you come here, if anybody comes to this church and says he doesn't know love, that person is a liar. Because love is all over the place. Look at this is love. This is love. This is love. All over the place. The church, everything where you are is love. Hallelujah, somebody. Join a group so that you too can show love to somebody. That is what a church is. When a situation happens to you, you have your own company, you can call them and they will, they, will, they will show up immediately. If you don't belong to a group, then when issues happen to you, who will you call? Who will you call? Many times, Christians run after scatter looking for professional advice. Whereas, better professionals are in the church who could have advised you free. It won't cost you money. 
a family church is a growing church. After all, when we get to heaven, it is only those of us who know the Lord that will be there. Isn't it? I think you'll be my next door neighbor in heaven. Look at why you're looking at me like that. You didn't even say amen. If you don't want to live in my estate, <laughs> Dickin was telling me something today, and I think I will say, he said that, uh, you know, Dickin takes me, he decided to be taking me, driving me everywhere. So when they invite me to any meeting, Dickin is not invited, but when, if he drives me, you must honor the person I come with. Isn't it? And we will enjoy together. So, as somebody who came with me, if they give me food, he must also, because I won't eat unless you fed him. And they would not want me to ask that, have you fed the people I came with? They will come and tell me, Apostle, we have taken care of them. Okay, yes. So, now, I will receive your take care. And he said to me that he had been gay crashing with me. He said, he, he thinks when, he will, when, we, when I enter heaven, he will get crashing heaven too. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> because anyway, Apostle go, he goes. <laughs> we will make heaven together. We are a family, understand that. That's the reason why I cannot take side with you against another person here. No matter what dichotomy happened between you, I will tell you where you are wrong. And I will not tell you where the person is wrong. When the other person talks to me, I tell that person where he's wrong or she's wrong. Some people find it hard to understand that judgment. When I counsel husband and wife, if a husband talks to me, I will rebuke you from what you have said. Because the Bible says, by your word you'll be justified, by your word you'll be condemned. I will never point the error of your wife to you from whatever you tell me. And if I talk to the wife, I will rebuke the wife from what she has said. I will never judge the husband before the wife. I will get that. I will tell you what you should work on. So when I see you next time, I'll ask you, what I told you to work on, have you worked I will ask from your partner, has he been doing this, has he been doing this, has he been doing this? That's the way it should be. Because I want you to succeed. All of you. It doesn't matter whether you are the husband or the wife. I want you to be happy. All of you. I want you to be fulfilled. And what I want for you, you must want for one another. So there is no division in this house. I can hear you. Amen. We have passed through storms. The third storm is over. Amen. We have a destiny. Before I pray with you, go to the structure stick and let me show them. This is the structure that God helped me to design. I drew this using Photoshop by myself. That yellow place, yellow star, that is a new member. Alright? Or a new convert. I expect you after a few days to be mature enough to become James so that you can oversee four people. Okay? And you can teach them what I've been teaching you. And as you are faithful to God, you will grow to the place whereby Peter is training you. No, so you go to a place whereby you can take the position of Peter. Peter is the one who trains these two yellow to become John. And from John, training them to become James. And I got this from the principle of Jesus, Peter, James, and John. They will see that now. So every member of this house must belong to a group like this, which we now call a cell group or a home group. Where do we get it from? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. If you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42, don't worry about that. Don't put it on the board. <laughs> 
It says, and those who have, uh, believe in the apostles devoted themselves to fellowship, to prayer, to the teachings of the apostles, and to breaking of bread. And fellowship and prayer, it went further to say they broke bread in their homes. That's where our home group came from. And Jesus also told us, wherever you go out, any house you are taking, you are received, stay there. When Paul went to Macedonia, it was in the house of a person that the church started. So, the Bible talks about house churches. Give me the tree of the, yeah, not, not that one, the, the, the one that has uh, the structure of the church is a diagram. Yeah. Just scroll it up and I'll tell you where it is. Scroll further up. Yeah, that one. The, no, no, that, the second one. Good. If you look at this structure, okay, go to the first one. Yeah. This structure is the structure that I designed that, that explains our global vision, our national vision, and applicable to a branch vision. Uh, what's happened there now? It is only God that doesn't fail. Computer fail. Don't worry. Were you blessed? <laughs> At least for what they are doing there, we are getting something. That human beings can struggle with what they create. Hallelujah. Before I pray with you, I want you to use everything that you have heard from me when you are alive. If you have been in this church for a long time, and I've not been able to commit responsibilities to your hand, it is because you are not available. Make up your mind to be available because others have come after you who have climbed the ranks because they are available. We do not appoint people in this house anything to hold you. No. I will never do that. I will never give you an office because I don't want to go. No. We have turned out over 12,000 membership in London. Are you with me now? If you have been coming here since you have been coming, you have done nothing. Even if you have come here more than six months, and you, have, you haven't got any department you are, you better this month look for some. Go and fast and pray that God should forgive you first and ask him for where to serve. Because you have a grace inside you that others need. Those of you who have just joined, you are welcome to this family. You can do anything in this family for God. Any department you want to serve, you can. Even really, I, I intend that we will make departments a little bit easier. Because some people may not be able to, to they, are, they may not be available for the price of a department. Like the choir now, they meet every Saturday. Somebody may want to join the choir who their work is shift. We will make room for you. So that you can still join the choir and you can accommodate your shift work. What I need from everyone is a heart to serve God and a sincere and a pure heart. Where is Sister, um, what is her name? Sister Delapo, um, what's her name? Odumai. 
That is Sister Adelapo Dumai. Come, come, Sister Adelapo. Let her come and share something with you. She shared a dream with me, which I will help you to understand it. We must serve God, and we must be pure, and we must commit our heart to God's service. And that we will pray. Sister Adelapo, tell the church what you discussed with me. What God showed you. Um, it was on the 3rd of September. I Okay, it was on the 3rd of September, um, obviously I was sleeping, had a dream, and in the dream it started off, I was... Because we have, some other, we, we, we have some other people who had various dreams during the Holy Ghost Convention that I'll be reading to you, not today, but I want to listen attentively what God is speaking to all of us. Um, I was outside, it looked like a cinema, and they did a film about Jesus, and then someone... She was basically taking the mitt. She had a sign and it said, who? Then another girl, she was in two minds about whether to join her side. So I went to start and I was evangelizing to her. And all of a sudden, we ended up in a room. I was still evangelizing to the same person. Then Pastor Lizzie was there. She was evangelizing. Brother Dean was there. And I didn't see any other faces at that time. And then all of a sudden, Dean. Yes. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, a light shone on Brother Dean. And then he went. And then I was sitting there waiting for the light to shine on me, but it hadn't. Okay, okay. Okay, Yes, and then the light shone on Pastor Lizzie, and then she went. And then I was sitting there thinking, okay, I'm still waiting for this light to shine on me, because obviously I don't want to be left behind. I didn't see my husband, but I knew that he had gone, because I I asked God, I said, why is my husband gone? And he said, because his heart was pure, my husband. Yeah, that's after yeah, I saw my husband. Oh, I didn't see my husband. I asked God why my husband had gone. And he said, oh, because his heart was pure. And then, but my son was still here. And someone was carrying him. So I was like, oh, thank God, at least my baby's still here. Then I went out and I came back. And the person kind of scornfully said, oh, you missed your baby go up. And I was so upset. I was so sad. I was like, why, why don't you tell me? Why don't you call me to let me know that my baby was going? And I was just on my knees and I was crying. And then the scripture that came to me was Psalm 119 verse 9. I didn't know what that was, but um, when I woke up, I read it, and it said, how can a young man keep his way pure? And it's by living according to the word. And after that, I I woke up, and I was so sad, and I was, like, crying. And I called my husband. He was like, oh, don't worry. I was like, yeah, it's easy for you to stay. You went. (laughs) I was there, but that was the dream. Do you know something? Let me tell you what God has told you. I think, was it last... Week I was sharing with you from Psalm 37. Yes? Okay. Now, what God has shown you is this. You must deal with your heart not to miss rapture. You will see many ministers who work miracles. They never meet him. Influential across the globe, but they miss the rapture. Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Psalm what? Answer me. Or who is stand in this holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure heart. Look at that Psalm 119 verse 9. Or you put it on the board. How can a young man keep his heart pure? By hearkening unto the word of God. There is no young there. Young people die physically. Babies die. And people will die. You don't see it on their head that you are dying now. You see them now tomorrow they say they are dead. They're gone. 
they may not be sick. Not everybody who dies is sick. What God is saying to you is check your heart. You remember I spent about one month teaching you about your heart and mind. Don't allow the offense of people, I repeat this because I said it to you before, to determine your mindset. So that people who want to misbehave won't take you to hell. Divide from attitude, conduct of a man to the man. So that you love the man, you may hate their conduct. But you love the man. And that's what God is saying. And don't have anyone in your heart you don't forgive. And I also taught you, respect the old age. Respect old age. Don't see people who are older than you and the puffing. And the old ones should respect the juniors. Because they are the image of God and they may be your tomorrow. Let everybody live by the standard of the word of God. And this is another revelation to help every one of us recognize that we have to run the race with pure heart. Okay? Put your hands together for... Shall we rise up together? I want to, to hold hand with someone beside you and pray for that person that in this our race of heaven that the Lord will strengthen and help us. Shall we begin to pray for one another? This is your race of heaven that the Lord will help us. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. The Lord will help us. We will not shipwreck. Pray for strength. Pray for your families that are not here. Your husband, your wife, your children. Let us ask God to help us in our frailty. Pray for your friends. Any one of us that the devil has assigned demons to hinder, we rebuke those spirits. Any one of us whose eyes have turned away from God, we rebuke those spirits that take them away from God. We pray that God will give us pure heart, pure heart, pure heart, pure heart and clean hands. That we will not set our hearts on what is false or swear deceitfully. How can a young man make his way pure? By hearkening to the word of God. Let us pray that we will not chase the things of this world at the expense of God. But we seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Father, we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray thee. Rabale de Boshi Praga de Masai. Blessed be your holy name, O God. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. I want to bless you. My God and my King, these are your people. For them you died. For we see in part, we know in part, we understand in part. But when you, the perfecter, will come, we will see God as we should, and we know him as we ought. And so, my God, for the earthly region, 
The Bible demands that we walk in purity and the standard that pleases the Father. Every strength to do that and down upon us in Jesus' name. I pray for your sins or not. To these ones I say, between now and the 10th of September, you will see the hand of God. You have promised us last week that by the seven days from the third day, that everyone will encounter your mighty hand. Whatever areas that any one of these people is struggling, I prophesy solution in the name of Jesus. Anyone who has an expectation, your expectation shall not be cut off. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, some of you are hurting because you are suffering in relationship. I ask that the soothing hand of the Holy Spirit will touch your relationship. The Lord will restore your home. He will restore your life. Some of you have lost a lot in investment. Though the world is going to the third recession, in this recession to come, you will have plenty. It is in this next recession that you will make it in life. The Lord will single you out on the planet Earth and He will entrust you with the wealth of this world. Every emissary sent against you shall fail. The Bible says, Gather ye distant land and be scattered. Everyone that gathered around against you shall be scattered. People who can wreck your destiny shall be far from you. People who can discourage you from God, may God put enmity between you and them. Those who can encourage you, may God bring them towards you. As you leave my presence, you will find favor before all men. You will find favor before the holy angels of God. The mercy of heaven shall be over you. It shall be over your household. You will see the fruit of your labor and you shall be satisfied. May the Holy Spirit of God guard your steps. May he bring you to the place he had promised. If anybody is sick in, your body, in his body, I deal with sicknesses. The Bible says, I will not allow the sickness of Egypt to come upon you, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Every cell of sickness, I decree, you are made whole. I speak into your body. Every infirmity that might dwell in your body, I cause them from their root to die. Cancerous cells be converted back to normal cells. Every disorder, let there be order in it. Every chain be broken. Every body be lifted. Shackles of the devil be destroyed. Every demon be bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 14, 24 says, The Lord Almighty has sworn, Surely as I plan it shall be, as I purpose it will stand. The plans and purposes of God for you shall be. Your desire over your life shall be fulfilled. Your desire over your